Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey, you know what? We are going to talk about grace today on Growing in Grace. Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, my friend right over there, a few miles away from me. Uh, going through Skype. We're glad you found us. Thanks for sharing our podcast with a friend. I know we say that, but it, it means a lot to us. Uh, you know, I one time, Joel, uh, somebody asked us um, what kind of money we made or something like that, or wondered if we worked other jobs. Um, growing in grace, you know, this is just a this is just a little thing that you and I have been doing for the past seven years or so, and uh, we don't get paid any money. We don't ask for donations. It's just I don't want to call it a hobby. It's really a part of our life uh, talking about these things. But we take 15 minutes to put out a weekly podcast. And it's it's not uh, a ministry in the sense that a lot of people think of it where this is our this is the way we make our living. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I just thought I would let uh, people know that this is just something we do from the heart. Yeah, although uh, just before we started recording, I sneezed into a handkerchief. And if anyone wants to send a donation... Uh, we'll send out a, a, a that, that handkerchief. <laughs> <laughs> you can do You're whatever bad. you want with it if you want to use it as a prayer cloth or anyway. <laughs> somebody, I mean, but some of these you know, ministries and people, there's you they, would be surprised how many people <laughs> if, you, if, if you if you wanted to be deceptive. Uh, how many people will give you money for that handkerchief yeah. you just sneezed into? It just depends what you <laughs> promise them. That's right. Well, I could promise you that all your prayers will be answered. You'll get all the money in the world. Just send to sow your seed into well, see, growing in grace. To me, that's worth something. I mean, to get all my prayers answered and all the money in the world, that, that would be worth a donation for that hanky. Yeah, wouldn't it be? So let's, I think... Next week on Growing in Grace, we're going to change directions. <laughs> we're going to start <laughs> preaching prosperity. We're going to, we're going to, I'm going to, we're going to, I'm going to dig through my, um, you know, you know, everyone's got a junk drawer. I'm going to just dig through that and see what kind of stuff we could give away, <laughs> and just attach some promises to it, and see what uh, kind of uh, how we can rip off some people. Yeah, re reverse <laughs> repentance. <laughs> reverse repentance. Well, hey, you said we're going to talk about grace today. I think that's a good subject, Cap. <laughs> Well, along the lines of where we kind of started focusing recently, uh, New Covenant Living. Now, we've we tried to talk about, you know, uh, the Old Covenant in previous weeks, uh, a number of weeks ago, and, and how we are now delivered from that covenant, really. And uh, we talked uh, the, the last week or two about uh, the love of God. You know, I, I think the, the thing that we might just reflect on real quickly here about what we discussed last week about God's love and and uh, that we're free from the command to love because to me Joel if I'm commanded to love if you're commanded to love then what we give in return probably isn't going to be love because mm -hmm. we're, we're being commanded to and it, it, we're returning that so-called love out of duty and obligation and so I, I would question whether I'm really loving if I'm being commanded to. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, just think if I, you know, I think I've said this before, if, if I would say to my wife, 
uh, you know, I love you, and she would ask me why, and I would say, well, because the Bible says I'm supposed to, or, you know, because I'm commanded to love you. Do you think that my wife would uh, receive that as real love? You know, of course not, and I think it's the same way in our relationships with, with God and with uh, with everybody around us. If we're doing it just because we're commanded to, you're right, Cap, that's not love. So love has to come from some other place, because I think I think we probably mentioned it last week that, you know, one thing that commandments could not do, even the commandments that are found in the Bible that say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Those are commandments that God gave, uh, but one thing that those commandments can't do is to provide the very power that is needed to fulfill those. They cannot provide the love that is needed to fulfill those commandments, and so we got to go to another source to really reciprocate love from God, and that is God himself. We got to know God's love for us, and then in turn we can, with that very love, with His him loving other people through us, we can, uh, we can love in that way, but not through commands. Yeah, good example there with the husband and wife scenario. It would almost be like if you know, a prearranged marriage, you know, if your parents had set you up to be married to somebody you didn't want to be married to, because you didn't love them, that wouldn't necessarily be. You know, so you're commanded to love somebody because you're being forced into a marriage, and and that's not how love really works. So, so Joel, I'm looking through Ephesians, something we've talked about in the past, but maybe in a different context. Paul, starting out writing to the Ephesians in chapter one, he says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us." That's important to understand. It's something that's already been done. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Uh, we could stop right there and probably have a program, but uh, just as he chose us in him, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoptions as son by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. This is, you know, again, I want to get to some other points here. But he chose us, he has created us to be holy and without blame before him. This doesn't mean that we try to live holy so that uh, God isn't going to blame us for anything. He has already created us to be that way. Uh, it's, it's apart from works, it's apart from our efforts, it, it's all based on him and what he has done. And he did it through Jesus Christ, uh, that we are now, as a, as a believer, as, as a, a as a Christian, as somebody now living under the new covenant, under the blood of Jesus, we are holy and without blame before him. And he goes on to say, in him, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Man, there's a lot of stuff in verse 7 here. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Two words I want to look at here, Joel, as we talk about living in this new covenant, whether we're no longer under the old, we're living in the new now. Uh, the word redemption, in him we have redemption. Looking that up in the Greek, it's kind of cool. Well, here's, here, well it means deliverance, basically, uh, as if uh, by payment of a, rams, a ransom. Uh, and it goes on to say this in, in Strong's definition, the word in secular Greek describes a conqueror releasing prisoners, a master ransoming a slave. It designates deliverance through Christ from evil and the penalty of sin. 
The price paid to purchase that liberation was his shed blood. And so we've got that. We've got redemption. Any thoughts on that, Joel? Because a lot of people hear that word. It sounds like a religious word. They don't really stop to think about what it means. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, redemption seems to be, well, except for I worked in a, I used to work in a can redemption center. And, and, and you, you, <laughs> I, we could probably draw some stuff from there because people would bring their cans. Here in Iowa, there's a five cent, uh, you know, you pay, originally you pay the five cents for each can of pop or beer or whatever that you buy. And then uh, when you bring that back to the store empty, they give you the five cents back and that's called redemption not completely the same as what we're talking about but it does mean that it's been purchased it's been purchased back it's been uh i forgot what word you say there's something that's been uh fought for no you said something different in the greek, oh, uh, the greek well yeah as if being released from prison released from prison yeah so you've been released it's in before we were in bondage we see that another word that kind of sounds religious to a lot of people but it just basically means we are in prison to for some reason or another and uh, it was sin that kept us in prison it was our you know because of what had happened with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and the fall of mankind, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and all that stuff. So we needed to be redeemed. We needed to be set free from that prison. And uh, that's what happened. That's what this verse is talking about. We have redemption. How? Through his blood and through the blood of Jesus. Like you said a little bit ago, Cap, not by our works, not by anything that we've done, but we've been set free but through the blood of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Yeah, really good stuff there. Yeah, I mean, we were in bondage. Somebody was asking for a ransom. Jesus paid it and, and, and set us free. He, he, he delivered us. And he didn't pay it with money. He paid for it with his blood, which, and again, going back to Ephesians 1-7, in him we have redemption, we have freedom, we've been released through his blood. See, he, he used his blood to redeem us, to, to pay the price, the ransom. And so we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. This is something that we already have. And so now we go to this other word, Joel, forgiveness, which can also be translated remission, as it was in, in Hebrews chapter 9. And, uh, you know, we were talking a few weeks ago uh, about when the new covenant started. Mm -hmm. And uh, we decided, based on the scriptures that we covered at that time, that it was when Jesus died, because the writer in Hebrews said that in order for there to, you know, for, the, for there to be a testament, there has to be the death of a testator. Well, just a few verses down from that in, in Hebrews 9, uh, the writer of Hebrews goes on to talk about some things with, uh, even under the old covenant, that there, there was blood involved in that covenant, as well as the blood of Christ in the new covenant. And according to the law, in Hebrews 9.22, according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without, shedding, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission, there is no forgiveness. That, that word forgiveness or remission, it's the same sort of thing, Joel, as, as what we just talked about with redemption. It means uh, to be released from bondage or imprisonment, dismissal. Um, sending away and forgiveness with the added quality. Now get this, the added quality of canceling out all judgment, punishment, obligation, or debt. That's what forgiveness means. Wow, and that is what we have through the blood of Jesus. And so I know how easy it is for us to get down on ourselves 
when we feel we're not living up to a certain standard, when we feel, you know, maybe there's sins in our lives, maybe things that we've repeated over and over again, or maybe we, you know, there's been times in my life where I felt like I just, it wasn't necessarily that there was some evil sin hanging over my head, but I just felt like I wasn't loving God enough or loving people or spending enough time in my Bible or, or, or whatever, you know, going out and, and, and doing enough, um, for whatever reason, it's, and, and reasons that people have, we can get down on ourselves and think that perhaps we have, our standing with God has, you know, we no longer have that standing with God, or somehow he's looking down on us with, with disappointment or whatever, but we can go back to this and realize the truth. This is the gospel truth. This is the good news, that it has nothing to do with our performance, nothing to do with what we've done, but it's in him Ephesians 1, 7 that we've been reading from. It's in him that we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. We've been set free from bondage. The the charge against us has been taken away, even when we do things that we don't want to do. The charge has been taken away. It no longer stands against us. That's all because of the blood of Jesus, according to the riches of his grace. And so this is what we have living under the new covenant and next week on Growing in Grace we're going to talk some more about this and get a little bit further into it about what does it mean for us now living under the new covenant and where do we go from here this has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski heard online through various internet sources around the world each week to access hundreds of past programs visit graceroots.org share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.